Hey, legends. Welcome to Trading Success Academy podcast. I'm Mitch, and I'm joined today with one of our other killer coaches, Alice. How are we today? Good, good. Super pumped. That is awesome to hear. Uh, I can also see we've got on today's call Lincoln. Now, Lincoln is one of our peak performers here at the Academy. Uh, Lincoln, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey and uh, where you're at currently. Well, we started about two years ago. Um, I just started by myself, um, electrical, solar and air conditioning. Um, we've grown very quickly without um, probably laying the correct foundations or not knowing how to lay them properly, I suppose. So we started growing very quickly, charging the same, sort of getting lost out of our, um, our cost of operations and that sort of blown out a bit as I started to come off the tools and not really managing everything like as good as what I could have. And then it wasn't until I did the academy, then we got, um, I really got to understand <coughs> the finances and accounting side and our cost of operation to be able to um, really make a, a decent profit on the job or before, like it was, I was probably running three to six months um, breaking even and I didn't even know it until I did the academy, the incubator. So I think it changed everything. And since then, there was probably about four of us and we're at a team of eight and we're about to put on a, another two people. So the growth in then is probably, it's been 12 months since doing it and um, we've been doubling every six months, basically. Man, that's huge. That's so huge. So really, that's really quick growth. Now with turning over. Really, really quick growth in really, really yeah. short space of time um, over that last year. What would be a couple yeah. of the factors um, outside of the academy, thinking to your own space, what would be some of the, the factors that have allowed you guys to grow as quickly as you have in the last period of time? I'd say our work pool being very big and um, being probably exposed to the academy and learning from everybody else's mistakes and what what to do being taught the right things to be able to scale bigger. And now we've got someone in a dedicated sales role and now I'm also assisting that also. So we're just really trying to um, get our costs per lead down and a lot more of them doing different marketing, business to business referrals, referral bonuses, and now using um, Spark and digital agency. Awesome. Awesome. So look, you mentioned something there, and I'd like to maybe maybe focus on it today. Uh, you talked around you've currently got a sales uh, person on, someone specifically designed to sell, um, and that must be a big change for you because I know that there's a massive – we hear it all the time. We hear all the time that uh, people start in business, they're incredible at doing the technical work, um, they're amazing at you know what they've been trained to do, but they lack business skills. Um, and they also lack that selling side of things. And to hear you say that you've got someone in that space now who ultimately takes care of that, um, let's open that up. Guys, are we happy to talk around that today as a bit of a topic? Let's talk around the fear of selling uh, and what selling looks like in and amongst business. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I would love to hear, Lincoln, more around the differences that you saw in your business when you started to personally, maybe before you had um, this salesperson on, what was the difference that you started to see in terms of when you, you started selling yourself? Um, 
It's very it's a deep bad. question, Alice. That's a deep yeah. question. It is deep, and it's, I've got very bad connection also. But a difference when I started selling, if I think was the question, was um, I was obviously a lot more emotionally emotional about the company. So I thought I was like the good person to be in front of people as um, I could gauge what they what they wanted, and I, I wanted to get the job more so. So I think um, the care and yeah, I suppose I was a lot more driven to get the lead and and i had a lot more drive i'd say and would you say a lot more drive than the staff you brought in after as you started to grow you obviously have that invested interest in the business it's yours it's your baby you know everything you do is for it um you had that drive and then as you've grown you've got people in it's how do you get them to sell how do you get them to even upsell how do you get them to live and breathe that feeling that you have that is to grow your business. Yeah, well, it'd be very different. I'm in a situation where my brother has joined and so now he's a partner. So he's also just as emotionally invested into the company. But if it was someone else, it would be, that would be a harder step to be able to teach them and um, get them committed and maybe incentives or KPIs could give that, incentive to them but it'd be a lot different yep awesome um let's talk into that you you talked around it would be different let's let's look at what would you actually what do you think you'd have to do if we're talking around training how could we train our staff and we're talking around the fear of selling how could we train our staff how could we teach them how could we help them to overcome those fears what are the different things that we could look at well let's probably start off by getting them enrolled into the uh, staff training with the academy but um i'd want to be personally just getting them used to hearing no and trying to get their confidence up and going out to jobs together until they're sort of capable on their own but handling objections is definitely probably the main thing i love that that's such a good point um so around fear of rejection and getting used to being told no. Um, obviously, as salespeople and in business, we, we don't ever want to be told no. That would be an ideal, an ideal world, an ideal situation. But at the end of the day, the way that you improve your sales, of course, is um, lots of different sales skills, but it's also uh, practice and building that confidence and realizing you're not always going to be told yes. And so overcoming that initial fear of rejection and yeah, getting used to being told no, like you said, Lincoln, I think that's really important. It's kind of a big step to uh, enable and empower your staff to get out there and start selling and help them to realise it's okay if you get told no sometimes. What's your your take on that, Mitch? I like no's. I, you know, I've trained a lot of sales teams in my time. Um, We're talking about teams that are, you know, two to three all the way up to 50, 60. Um, and I really love the nose. I love the nose because what they do is that they they give us something else to conquer. They give us something else to um, have sit in front of us. And a lot of time as salespeople, we get we get bored. Yep, we get bored with the consistent, always saying the same spiel over and over. We're always going in with what I call an objection. Uh, sorry, an objective, which is to like sell, sell, sell. Um, and I think it's really important when we do hear no's is to kind of work out where's that no coming from? Like, what is the reason for that no? Is it my own presentation? Is it the own way in which I've delivered the information that is actually receiving the no? 
or is there a, a fundamental objection that has come up that we can now circumnavigate or come up with um, some different tactics so that we aren't presented with those no's over and over again moving forward? I think that's the biggest skill in sales is to understand that no's simply mean that we need to change our front-end offer so that we don't hear the no's again based on that reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, using the any no's that we get as actual constructive criticism on is our offer maybe not um, full of enough value? Are we not getting our message across properly? Are we? Not, does the customer feel confused? Are they not sure what they're actually getting in that offer? So using those those no's as constructive criticism and actual good feedback and taking a bit of a bit of a good hard look at your business and maybe your selling skills and your actual offer or your package or whatever you're whatever you're selling so that rather than continuously getting no stopping and thinking what little tweaks do I need to make or what message do I need to be a lot more concise and clear with when I am selling whatever it might be look speaking of packages Let's unravel your package, Lincoln. Um, <laughs> let's play a game, all right? Let's, let's look at what your offering is. Let's look at what the no's you currently get are um, and let's talk into them. Let's, let's actually come up with some objection handling and some tactics to circumnavigate that now. So yeah. what are some of the no's you get? It would definitely be due to price mostly. So Price? Yeah. Yep, so that's one. Um, any others that come up maybe and I'm just giving examples here and maybe they don't come up but maybe some of the listeners can actually resonate with them maybe they've got price exactly what you've just said here maybe they've got trusted you know I've never heard of this brand before I've never heard of you as a company before Um, you know there's a competitor down the road that they've been in business 30 40 plus years Um, we've got that trust element Um, maybe there's also just the whole um, sorry Difference in products we've found. Difference awesome. in products. Yep, love that. And maybe people don't understand. I know that you guys really, really um, want to offer a really high quality service. You use the best and only the best products and materials. Um, so that difference in product can actually also translate to a difference in price. You know, people don't understand the difference between what you're offering and what someone else might be offering. So differences in um, product. I love that one. What are some other common objections that you might have heard before, Alice? I think a really big one, which might not be seen as initially an objection, but once you start to see it so often, you realise, okay, this is this is a stalling tactic, this is an objection. When people say things like, okay, yeah, great, um, yep, cool, I'll let me just think about it, um, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay, so it's, yeah. not, it's not a real answer. We don't really know what's going on there, um, yeah. but... And it's an objection nonetheless. Yep. Anyone got any other additional ones? Before we kind of like circumnavigate back and let's start actually talking about how we could work around these. Um, we get it often where we're still waiting for other quotes. Waiting for other quotes. Love that one. Because we do. We all get that. Everyone in the service game, in the trade sector, we always get that. Oh, I'm just waiting for a couple other quotes. Um, guys, I feel like I love, I think this is always, um, there's two different ways in which you can handle rejections. Okay. We can play tennis. Yep. And what happens in tennis? Yep. I serve the ball. I hit it to Alice. Alice hits it back. I hit it back to Alice. Alice hits it back to me. And we go around in circle until one of us loses. Yep. And that's how so many salespeople look at, um, selling. 
And a lot of time that's where that fear of selling comes from. They're like, oh, my God, the ball's going to come back so quick. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to get around this one. When really all selling is is being like an honest and authentic and, you know, good human being. But so there's that one side. There's that playing tennis. You know, someone comes at you with an objection, which is price, and you return back with an, a, a reason as to why the price is so high. And then they talk about how you're non-trustworthy, and then you serve back with, you know what, I'm the new guy you'll always be dealing with me. I'm not a huge company or something like that. Um, so there's that way. Um, but I'd like to challenge everyone. I'd really love to give everyone the um, bit of homework for listeners out there or the, or the watchers today um, to start thinking about the objections that they get every single day, every single week, every single month. And how can they actually front load their product? How can they front load their offering so that people can't say that anymore? So let's actually look into a couple of these price what's a way in which we can circumnavigate price what can you say what can you offer to people before you've even delivered the price so that when the price is offered they can't go that's expensive they can't think wow i could get this done cheaper somewhere else what can we look at what have we got after delivering the price complete change it completely of to when you can uh, book it in and how soon we can do that job for them or sometimes the price but then we after the price where um like we value stack it and telling them what they're getting as a free inclusion as we know we're going to be more expensive but they're getting these things by doing going with us yep i love those lincoln but but the value stack comes before we deliver the price this is the that's the piece of gold i love where you went but the value stack has to come before because if you value stack before you deliver the price then they aren't comparing apples to apples. They're looking at going, well, wow, I, uh, it is more than I thought it was going to be, but Lincoln told me before all these inclusions that I was going to get. Um, so you know what? That price seems really reasonable. But I love where you went with that one. Um, also love the way in which you posed the question. This is the price. No pause. Straight on into the next question, which is when can we book you in? Love that. Love that as a, a delivery method. Uh, what else we got? I think that I, I don't want to go over the same thing over and over again, but the value setting before you deliver the price, I really just want to highlight how important that is. Um, so that when you are having, you know, this really productive sales meeting with someone, um, or it could be a really small, quick interaction with a customer that maybe only needs your service, uh, you know, for a very short amount of time, whatever it might be putting in the front end around everything that you're receiving, certain complimentary upgrades, um, anything that makes the person feel like they're getting more value than the competitor will make you win every time. Sales is all about how someone feels, not about the tiny little ins and outs of what, you know, I don't know, what light switch you're installing or what, whatever it might be. So, if that person thinks that, first of all, your customer service and the way that you're actually speaking to them and listening really well to what they need, if they feel heard, that's huge. If they think that they're receiving, before you even tell them the price, so much more than what they maybe initially thought they were asking for, what they thought they were initially getting, that's how you value stack. That's how you make someone see that you are a better uh, service provider than everyone else out there. Are you presenting that whilst on site and then reiterating the fact in the proposal that you send them? Absolutely. You're not, you're not only making it known when you're on site, when you're in the quoting process, 
you're making it known in your marketing. You're making it known before the person even has an actual interaction with uh, a person um, or, or anything. You're putting it on your website. You're putting it on your social media. Um, I don't want to steer too far away because I know that we are. We, we said we we're going to talk around the fear of selling. And we're talking around selling a lot, which is excellent. But, you know, a lot of the time it comes down to there's two parts of selling. We've got uh, reducing buyer's resistance and increasing buyer's acceptance. Yep. And when we talk around this fear, a lot of our fear comes from what's someone going to think of us? What's someone going to think of what we're offering here as the solution? Not talking quotes, as the solution. What we're offering here as the solution, what is someone going to think of me? And I always say that you want to focus heavily on reducing that buyer's resistance so that people don't have a resistance to you as a person, to what you're going to offer them and so on before they even have to consider the incredible offer that you're offering them. But I really think you nailed it, Winston, and then you open it up even more, Alice. The value stack. You know, the value stack removes all objections most of the time because if you get your value stacking right, then any issue that they can have with you, whether it be price, whether it be maybe you're, you don't have the schedule available to them, uh, maybe there's a trust difference, maybe there's a difference of products um, and so forth, they're all removed if you value stack it right. So I think if we want to talk about how do we help people overcome this fear of selling, I think we really need to focus uh, for a bit on that value stack. How do we, uh, as business owners, um, and as our, our staff, how do we get everyone to understand the value that we're offering? How do we look at our business and go, sure, this item I'm going to charge out and someone's going to have to pay me $250 to do or to have done, but how can I make it feel like they're getting $1,000 worth of value from what I'm offering here? So I think that, that to remove that fear, guys, we just have to talk to our teams and we ourselves have to just become really confident in our value in what we offer i think as well mitch like you've just said the the confidence and this overcoming the fear of selling the confidence comes as well from knowing that your product and your service is superior and you know what those value adds are you know exactly how to articulate it and so that you can go into these these more difficult sales situations and with a lot more confidence because you back yourself, you back your product and you know your offering is better. So allowing your team as well, if you do have staff, allowing your team to know how to articulate those sorts of things as well, knowing that your team believes in the product, believes in the service, believes in the company and the direction, all of these things are really, really important because the, the, most, uh, the, the salesperson with the most conviction and the most passion and the most belief is always going to perform really, really well. So how can you, you know, empower your team to be able to sell well? And it's through things like training, of course, but also through, you know, enabling them to succeed by making sure they have the skills to sell, making sure they feel happy at work, all of these things that really contribute to that, that passion and that drive that they have, which they need to sell. Yep. Uh, Lincoln, I, I would love to hear, you know, you're a, a business owner, massively successful company it's grown in leaps and bounds over this last year um let's actually talk about some let's talk about some tactical stuff if i was one of your staff right now yep and i needed to upsell yep, not just you guys in the office doing the sales front end 
um, all the guys going out, you know, doing the initial quotes, but so forth. Let's say I was one of your team um, and I was going out and I was, you know, a, a part of my job is to upsell. Yeah. Um, what would be some ways or what's one idea that you think I, if I wasn't feeling confident, could start to feel a bit more confident about selling, about what it is that we're offering? How could we train our team? Being exposed to someone who does have that experience by seeing it firsthand and then by maybe going along and sort of bouncing off each other once you've been to see a few, then by going with someone but still having that safety net of having that guy with you to um, coach you through it or be there as sort of the bounce back or I think it would definitely help until you can be able to take on the little ones by yourself and then it would just, the confidence would come from experience. Yep, I love that. And I feel a sporting analogy coming on here. I feel like that's the same as if we talk about elite sporting teams. You know, they're always thinking a few years down the track. Sure, they might have a great, we want to talk about um, football or even soccer or whatever it is, whatever sport it is. They've got their, their, their top tier team, the best. And they're yeah. always uh, surrounding them with the junior players coming through the ranks so they can talk shop, so that they can understand how the greats do it. And so I think what you're saying ultimately is do exactly that. If you've got someone that does something really well, make sure you surround the rest of your team or the ones that maybe lack a little with those kind of people. Definitely. Yep. I love that one. Love that. Alice, uh, you've got a tip, trick or hack for us around that. Uh, if I was not a confident salesperson, if I had a bit of fear of selling, how I could overcome some of that? <laughs> Honestly, my biggest tip is to just get out there and try. Okay, so put yourself out there. Um, this fear of selling is completely normal and everyone has it. And, you, you know, think about anyone who's ever been new to sales. They didn't start with all this knowledge and all this training from someone maybe yeah, more advanced than them, whatever it might be. The first step is to just, as easy as it is to sound, get over that fear of rejection a little bit because you are going to be told no, okay? You're going to go into some, you know, sales situations and leave thinking, I really just blew that. Why did I say X, Y, Z? That's a little bit cringe, a little bit awkward, but it's okay. Everyone's been there and the way that you improve is by, is by practicing. You've got to yep. take that first step and actually do it. We talk with a lot of, um, you know, our peak performers around this. Um, I say, okay, have you got this in place? Have you got this in place? Everything is in place. They know their value adds. They have, um, you know, a nice little organized system like to keep track of their leads. Everything's ready. I'm like, okay, you're ready. Well, what's stopping you? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, it's a, and it's a fear that's stopping them. So putting yourself out there and just going for it is, is huge. Um, of course, in that as well, knowing some sales skills and knowing uh some really nice ways how to navigate a sales meeting. That sort of thing is, of course, going to be helpful. Taking on that constructive criticism, like you know what we were saying earlier, um, being open to these different sales skills, different sales ideas, so that you can get to a yes more often. That's really important as well. Okay, um, you know we've been speaking this week in our bulk calls. Actually, um, I've been doing a session on closing specifically, and it's a really it's been a really interesting session because what I've done is just uh, laid out, you know, step by step in a really simple little six step kind of structure, how to hit a sale based on ticking off every little step. If you follow this, if you 
I guess if you put yourself out there for one thing, but if you just ask a few little questions and understanding why you take those steps, it's not very difficult because, because the person you're selling to, they're the one doing most of the work. Yeah, you're, all you need to do is ask a few little interesting questions, okay? know how to take control of it, ask a few things, a few prompts here and there, which, yeah, we, we teach these things at the academy. We teach these sales skills. But then they're doing the work. You're just pulling the information from them. Yep, yep. I'm actually really surprised, guys, that we've gotten this far into a conversation about fear of selling without actually talking about, has anyone ever heard of the FEAR acronym? No. no. So FEAR stands for false evidence appearing real. When you think about that, false evidence appearing real. Uh, Lincoln, personal question here. When was the last time you were scared? I still get scared. <laughs> no, so just it can be of anything. What was the last time you were scared? Just might be on the weekend, maybe... Um, maybe a clown, maybe you're scared of clowns. When was the last time you were actually scared of something? Could be selling, could be anything. When was the last time you were scared? I'd say it was selling. It was um, after going through some of the um, bulk calls. One of them was reaching out to different businesses, making booklets, and we've done that. And I've walked into one or two, and I was definitely quite um, anxious going in. So that was <clears throat> that was two weeks ago. I approached um a big local builder and went in there and spoke, but um, prior to... Okay, don't tell me what happened. No, I mean... I just want to check. Did you come out unscathed? I came out okay. Like, great. Are you all legs, all limbs, everything's there? Yes. Yep. Uh, any emotional trauma? Any damage that came about? Um, no. Excellent. So this is what we talk about, false evidence appearing real. What were you actually scared of? What was the fear of when you walked in there or were about to walk in? What was the fear? It was just the fear of rejection, just being anxious. It was something that I'm not very used to that I want to try and expose myself to more, just getting in front of different businesses and having a chat. So it was definitely um, just nervous, I'd say. Man, uh, hats off to you that you did it. You've yeah. just taken Alice's piece of advice to everyone out there listening. Alice's piece of advice was get out there and do it. Give it yeah. a go. As, as cliche as it sounds, and you did that. Um, and as you said, it seems like you're doing all right. Um, no, no true trauma came from that, um, that act. Um, how did you go? Um, well, no, nothing's come of it yet. So you just get used That's to right. on to the next one. So oh, no, on to the next one. On to the next one. Love it. So I, I, I've been hearing like you've overcome a little bit of the fear. You're kind of like, what is the worst that can happen? Nothing. I got to know or nothing's come from it as of yet. Um, you're going to follow up because we have that leads never die process in the academy. Um, you're going to follow up on it, but nothing that bad happens. So you're going to get out there and try again. Definitely. All right. Love that. Love that. So, uh, Lincoln, your tip was surround yourself with people that have done it. Surround yourself with people that are great at it or good at it um, or succeeding. Alice, your tip was just do it. Uh, if you want, anyone wants to listen to one of our previous podcasts on just do it, uh, they can listen into that one. We talk a lot about that whole mentality of, you know what, guys, just got to do the work sometimes, just got to do it. Um, but love that tip. Um, you know what? Mine, mine would actually be, and once again, I don't want it to sound too simple, but there is so much content out there around selling. Yep, there is so much content, whether it be YouTube, whether it be 
the academy, whether it be different sales, uh, audio books, books, whatever it is, there is so much content out there. It is start surrounding yourself with a bit of it. You know, instead of listening to the radio, instead of just sitting there watching telly, it'd be actually, actually invest in it. Actually go and saw, uh, find the information and start absorbing some of it. You know, no, we don't all have to become Jordan Belfort's or whoever and be the best salespeople in the world. But those people are putting so much free content out that I think it's, we owe it to ourselves to start listening to some of it. You know, every single person at some point in their life needs to learn how to sell in some way or another. And I'm not saying you be a salesman. Like I said before, selling is being authentic, real, caring, you know. Um, guys and girls, guys and girls out there, you know what, when you ask someone to marry you or you ask someone to go on a date with you, you're selling yourself. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we all just, you know, dedicate a little bit of time to learning the art and start, start just absorbing some of it. That's, that's mine, is actually going out, identifying, you know what, I'm not the best at selling, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to go and listen to some things. It's really, it's such a good point because um, I have a really strong belief. You know, I have a very uh, long sales background. That was where I you know, was in for a very long time. And I started as an absolute shaking ball of mess. And a lot of people do as well. Um, if you just go out and learn these skills, anyone can do it. Sales is not some sort of secret magic skill that people can't take on board. It's, it's putting yourself out there and it's learning from other people and it's learning from great resources and improving, taking on that criticism, taking on those no's as something that you can actually take and improve at. That's all sales is. Yeah, so true. Um, Lincoln, do you, do you spend any time, I mean, outside of the academy, I know you're, you're heavily involved here at the academy, we have a lot of sessions. Um, outside of that, do you have any podcasts or have you done any, watched any YouTube videos or have you? Have you spent any time, you know, upskilling that outside of just your academy journey or is it mainly the academy training that has helped you there? Listen to, like, say, one or two audible books, but I don't think anything's compared to the, um, the knowledge and content I've received in the academy, especially I drive to and from work probably 40 minutes to an hour. So I'm just there's hundreds of hours of content on the academy, which I, I watched morning and afternoon that um, have probably helped and just give everything that we've, what each of us have said that our tips can be found in the academy and teachings on it to um, learn from and other people's mistakes and what's what works basically. So that's what I listened to and I couldn't speak highly of it. I love that. I love that. Now you did mention trainings. You did no. mention sessions. I'm going to put Alice on the spot here. Uh, and I'm, I, I do love putting people on the spot. Alice, um, you did a killer session this morning on closing um, sales and, and all that. I would love one, just one of those points, a little bit of a brief on it, whichever whichever you want to pick. Not, not going to spoil it for everyone out there in case they're going to be listening to those sessions um, that are coming up that you're dropping. But uh, if you could just pick one of those um, points and Maybe open it up a little or a lot. I'll leave that up to you. Um, you feel good with that? 
Yeah, awesome. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to give it away too much in case someone hasn't listened to the session uh, in our peak performance. But one of the big points I make, one of the steps in the process is label them with a problem. This is a really simple sales skill for you to be able to implement straight away. Um, I love it. That's actually why probably it's the best one to talk about today because I think that you really can start doing this immediately. So what you're doing is um, reiterating what someone has already told you when you've gone into, say, finding out about their business or finding out about their struggle, finding out about why they need you and what you can provide with them to, to them. And then saying... Um, okay, so what I'm hearing is you have a problem with this, this, this. Does that sound about right? Oh, well, hang on a sec. Let's let's do a lot. Let's do a real live example. Okay? Yeah, let's do so, Lincoln, uh, let's label someone with a problem. I want you to tell me uh, a problem that someone's had recently that you've gone and quoted for. Maybe it was for solar. Maybe it was for aircon. Um, and let's talk through it. Let's actually do this. So, Alice, if you can actually coach Lincoln through through that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, great. Okay, so Lincoln, can you give me an example of a really common problem that you've come across lately? High electricity bills is probably the main one we get for solar solar quotes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, great. So. Can you tell me a little bit around maybe what sort of energy, uh, what sort of costs the people are experiencing compared to in the past? Let's say that. Um, well, a lot of people who didn't have reverse cycle air conditioners are getting them and using them a lot more commonly and of an evening that are probably unaware of the impact it's putting on their bills. Um, so they're seeing from 300 bills upwards of $1,000 a quarter plus. So they're trying to really minimise that bill. That's, they're probably, that's their pattern. Perfect. Okay. So in that circumstance, uh, just say I am the person selling and you've just, I've been asking you all these different questions around sitting in your energy bill and I'm trying to understand exactly what's going on. You've just fed me the information around my energy bill is this. It's really expensive, blah, blah, blah. I might then say, okay, so what I'm hearing is the cost of your energy bill has gone up by this much, but were you aware that with this saving that we can do by installing this kind of AC, what I can do is reduce your energy bill by this much over the course of this many years? Yeah. So labelling them with that problem to begin with might be, um, okay, so what I'm hearing is you've seen an increase by 30% and it's only been a six-month period. Is that about right? They say, actually, yeah, that is right. Okay, so that's quite a, that's quite a significant increase. Would, would you agree? That, yeah, that, that's really true. That is a significant increase. Okay, so you're labelling them with what's going on. You're telling them, you're reinforcing maybe, first of all, why they need you, but more, importanting, more importantly, that you're listening to them that you've taken all that information from them and you said, okay, so what I'm hearing is this is the problem that you're experiencing. Is that right? And, and may I just say that you probably will nail it quite easily, but if you haven't quite understood what is going there, it's a really nice opportunity to then get more information. Because if you say, is that about right? They'll say, yeah, kind of, but also this is happening. And you can say, cool, t- can you tell me more about that? 
it's like another opportunity to go in deeper. I love that. I love that. So you're going away from the whole, oh, yep, okay, noticed your bills have gone up. All right, here's a solution. You're actually unpacking it more. You're actually going deeper and deeper to find out what the other problems or the deeper problems are that ultimately uh, maybe not what they originally came to you for. Because, hey, I want to get solar. Um, and you go, yeah, sure, it'll be X. There's no, there's no emotion there. I love That's that, Alice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so just uh, if you just let's see if I can get it out of you. Uh, so that was one part. Um, I know that the session that you ran was quite in deep and ex extensive. Uh, was it six parts or five parts? How many parts were to that session you ran this morning? Six. As that was just one, one piece of gold, which was, do you want to sum it up in a sentence? Was it labelling the problem? Label them with a problem. Label with them. a problem. Yeah, label with them. Yeah, mm. I love that. So, uh, Lincoln, you'll you'll have that session coming up in a couple of uh, in a couple of days. Um, but do you, is that is that very different than what you currently do? It's fairly similar. I think I could probably unpack it a little bit more on site and explain the the financial savings and what the paybacks will be there and then whilst in front of them to be able to. I don't know, create a bit more of like a, an honest, transparent relationship rather than listen to their problems and then address it later via email. So I think it'd be, that'd be a good thing to implement whilst on site in front yeah. of them. I think there's something that's just come to my mind and it's really important to be really mindful of um, based off what you were just talking about, Alex. And we look at that fear of selling is that we often think that we have to do all the talking. We often think that we have to have all the answers. And I think if you, if you move into that space of what you've just said, Alice, actually all we need to do is ask questions and listen. And if, if we're spending most of our time listening and asking you know, short questions, nothing too complex or overly complicated, um, we actually really discover what people really want. We understand their pain points a little better and ultimately can come to a better solution than if we just rapid-fire answers and rapid-fire, um, you know, useless points of jargon and overly complex technical terms and things. So I think that's something also really important to, to be mindful of when we're talking around this fear of selling is, guys, it's not a lot of work. It's not like you have to do all the talking. You know, listen. You know, communication isn't just talking, it's listening. And I think uh, great selling is all about great listening. It's about posing the right questions. And, Alice, your questions this morning in that peak performance session we did, so simple. It's just simple questions that open people up to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really simple questions. Um, and, you know, because one of the big things around sales, especially when you do have that really strong fear of, of rejection or fear of no, whatever it might be, um, you know, feeling comfortable in that space where, you know, they're, they're giving you all the answers. You're just asking a few questions because initially what we do when we're scared is we, we talk too much. We talk at someone and it's a really normal, natural response to freak out a little bit and want to tell someone all the great reasons why they should choose us over a competitor. But a lot of the time it's just, you know, pausing and uh, staying nice and calm and asking a few of the right questions 
to get them to do the talking. Like I said, they do most of the work. You're just prompting them. You're just guiding them and showing them that you're not just listening and a little bit and telling them your opinion. You're really, really listening to their needs, exactly what they want, because it sort of goes back to that, you know, the age old saying of like the customer's always right. Maybe don't think around it like that, but think around it is about the customer. What they want is what they want. You can provide them with the best solution for them, but you need to start by listening. The customer always has the right to be heard. Yeah. Like that, that, that's, that's, that's Greg Crow's age-old saying. The customer always has the right to be heard. They might not always be right, but they have the right to be heard. And it's our questions um, that allow them to tell us uh, what they need to say. All right. Um, so fear of selling. If we were to summarise it, wrap it up, Lincoln, uh, I know that you said it was surround yourself with people that can sell. Um, I want you to think into your own fear. If you were to say right now one thing that could help reduce your own fear, the own fear, your own fear that you, you feel um, when selling comes up, what do you think you could tell yourself? Uh, I think just come to what Alice said, just just do it. You're only going to get better. You're going to get no's, um, but you're going to get some yeses. So just do it and eventually um, the experience will shape you into um, a great salesman, I think. Love that. Love that. Alice, uh, if, you were, if you were that cat next to you right now <laughs> and you were going to talk to yourself, and uh, tell yourself what would help you reduce the fear that you have for selling. What would what would you tell yourself? I would say, who cares if someone says no? Who cares if I make a fool of myself in front of someone or I don't say the right thing? Whatever it might be, who cares? I can move on really quickly if I remind myself. It's it's like a drop in the ocean. It doesn't matter. Just. Pick yourself up and try again. There we go. In the great words of Aaliyah, pick yourself up and try. No, sorry, dust yourself off and try again. I almost watched a great song, but I got there in the end. You did. You did. Um, and look, if I was to if I was to speak to myself, which I do a lot, um, I would tell myself to to start thinking before I actually try and sell. I would tell myself to. You know, Lincoln, you mentioned that, um, you know, people want to get more quotes. I'd offer three quotes. You know, I'd, instead of providing one, I'd offer three. Is the lower, middle, upper. Um, maybe people can't do it at the times that I have available. Well, I'd offer multiple times. Or I'd give them a calendarly link where they can pick their own times. If people are worrying about it being too expensive, then before they even get the price, I'm going to make sure that I offer them all the incredible reasons as to why my price is maybe a little bit more expensive than anyone else's. Uh, instead of worrying about, oh, my God, I'm not the most trusted and I'm not the person that's been in this area for 30, 40, 50 years, maybe I'd talk about, you know, the combined knowledge that me and my associate or my business partner have, or I'd talk about how we're young and hungry. You know, I'd, I'd really start to think and look at all the objections that I do get every single day. We're always going to get them. And I'd start coming up with, as I said before, instead of playing tennis, and trying to return serve every time I get an objection, I'd look at it for the next couple of weeks and I would collect them. Yep, and I'd come up with a solution so that moving forward, when I provide my quote solution to anyone's problem, that I actually gave them every single one of the answers to 
the five objections that I normally get before I even delivered that price. You know, that would be what I'd tell myself. I'd be like, Mitch, uh, start thinking a little bit smarter. Start working a little bit smarter. Start, start solving the problem before it even arises. Start being proactive around selling as opposed to reactive. All right. Uh, guys, uh, anyone else got any final thoughts on this? Any final words of wisdom they want to drop? I love what you said before, Mitch. There's so much information out there. There's so much sales advice, of course, here at the Academy. Um, we cover all different areas of sales week in, week out. We've got people with so much knowledge. It's a really great space. But, of course, jump on YouTube, jump on Spotify. Um, if you don't, like, pick up a really great sales book. If you don't read much, yeah, you can get it on Audible, whatever it might be. But spend even 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, it's going to teach you a lot of new skills that maybe you just haven't thought about because you haven't, say, had that mentor around you before. This is how you learn. Just to add on to that, Alice, at the moment, we actually have a complimentary 30-day mastermind membership. You know what? So if you want to jump on YouTube, you want to jump on Audible, you want to jump on all those things, great. But you can also jump on over to tradiesuccessacademy.com um, and get yourself 30 days to actually absorb all the content, listen to hundreds of hours, um, sit in our mastermind calls, jump on a strategy call, um, do all that mastermind level stuff um, for free at the moment, which is pretty awesome. Um, Lincoln, what about you? Any final words of wisdom? I know you're a busy man. I know that you have got uh, a hell of a lot to do at the moment. So I massively thank you for your time uh, joining us today. But any final words of wisdom? Awesome. Um, I would honestly just try and be a sponge, absorb as much information as you can from other people that have been out there and done it, and then just to start trying to implement it yourself and just have a go. I love that. Uh, wiser words have not been spoken on this call today. Uh, love that you were the one that dropped them. Woohoo! So thank you so much for your time, Alice and Lincoln. And, uh, guys, we will all talk soon. That's all right. See you, guys. Yeah, thanks. So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. So let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon.